0: I'm Brody,
1: and I'm Christian,
0: and this is Amplified, Amplified, a podcast that provides a launching pad for discussion about life on the mission field in the Americas. Hello and welcome to another podcast of the Amplified podcast. Today I am so excited because we have two very special guests to my heart. I love them so much. We have Joe and Megan Brewster. Guys, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Just take a second and introduce yourselves. I,
2: thanks so much for having us. We're Joe and Megan Brewster. Uh, we are actually both MKs. I grew up in Venezuela. My husband grew up in the Philippines. And we have been on the field since 2003. We came as ISCers back in the day. And all three of our kids were born on the field. Uh, Our daughter Susanna graduated from high school this June, and our son Caleb is in 11th grade. Our daughter Isabel is in ninth grade. And we have been working among the indigenous since we came to the field. We've worked primarily in Peru, but also spent some time in Bolivia Mm -hmm. and in Brazil where we did learn Portuguese. And we are now working in Colombia. We've been here for almost two and a half years. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's amazing.
1: That's awesome. Mm. And you know, it's kind of cool seeing the big picture. You guys started off as MKs and went through all of it. Now you're serving the Lord um, even now still. So I want to say this as we're moving forward, we always start off with a discussion about hardships. We know that even MKs are real people too. And now you guys are full-grown missionaries and have been around for a bit. So if you wouldn't mind, tell us about a hardship that you guys have had to walk through uh, while being on the field or even prior to the field.
2: So I think... Uh, One of the harder things that we've had to walk through is just kind of in general, has been transition. Um, Back when we were asked to move to Brazil, our kids were little. Susanna was four. Caleb was two. I was pregnant with our daughter, Isabel, and we're supposed to have Isabel in Brazil, and that didn't happen. She was born in Peru. When we went to Brazil, long story short, our visas didn't work out. We ended up losing our visas, not being able to get any of our stuff out. Um, And at that point, I was ready to quit and not return to the mission field. And the Lord is so gracious to us. He told me, you're not done yet. And I'm so grateful for the Lord's mercy and grace in that process. We returned to the field and just the time after that was just so full of blessing for our family and the ministry and the work. And that is what enabled us to do this last transition, which was from Peru to Colombia, which I would say is one of the harder things we've done of leaving a place where we had such deep roots of ministry and family. Honestly, that was almost our uh, field, like leaving home to go to the field, that's almost what it felt like. And so Mm -hmm. just transition is difficult, leaving everything you know, those deep relationships to, to go and start somewhere, start at zero where you don't know where to go grocery shopping, where you don't know anybody. Every single face you meet is new. And that's just, the Lord has shown me time and time again, just his grace and his mercy. And so even though many times, even though I speak Spanish, not in Brazil, I had to learn the language, but God's grace and his mercy in that in each time is still difficult. And one thing we've learned is we only have so many transitions mm-hmm. in us. So we have to really be wise in that as a family. But at the same time, God gives us the grace we need mm-hmm. in each moment.
0: Mm. Wow. That's a really, really beautiful word. I remember I, you all were my supervisors uh, in Peru, and, and watching you all uh, transition to Colombia was uh, uh, just, it did break my heart because I could see how much you had invested in Peru, um, and just uh, your example in that. Um, I just want to thank you all for that. Um, and so today we are talking about catalytic church planting. Um, and so we wanna ask you the first question right off the bat. Uh, why, as an organization, uh, do we focus on church planting?
3: Good question. Uh, it, I mean, we should have like a really easy answer for that because we do, that's like an organizational focus. We should all know this, right? Uh, but there, there is this tension because the Bible actually doesn't say go plant churches. It says go make disciples. Uh, but implicit in that is a healthy disciple congregates with other disciples. Right. So that's how you know discipleship is is working and gaining traction. And and one of the facts about missionary lives that Megan already talked about is, is one of transition. You know, we we are very temporarily, even if we spend 30 years, we're very temporarily on a given field. Okay. We we come at a given time and we're gonna leave. We we're gonna leave. And when we leave, um, we don't want the work that the Lord has done to fade. One of the reasons why it does is if there's not an established church or a group of believers that can mutually encourage one another, they can begin to reproduce throughout the rest of the culture. And so if you're not focusing on planting a church or getting the body of Christ um, established in an area, then you really haven't worked the whole missionary task. You've probably done some really good things, some great things that, that God will honor. But if you want something that's going to last, that will really a uh, work, that will permeate a culture or a people, you've got to have established churches. You've got to plant churches. Uh, believers in isolation fade. Believers in isolation fall away. Even small churches, small country churches, right? They'll fade away too. So it's helpful. That's why we have associations and conventions and all these connections just to build up the body and, and keep it healthy, so that's why we plant churches, or at least one of the main reasons why.
1: <laughs> and you know, I think it's cool how you talk about, you know, churching or planting churches is what lasts. You know, whether that's building the community or expanding past that to associations, conventions, and all that stuff. So, with that, in the Bible and in modern and in modern day missions, church planning looks different. For example, um, in some areas, entry might be focused on evangelism, or in some areas, entry might be focused on leadership development in order to reach more people, connect with for people. In your context, and you guys have been in a very different context, uh, what does that look like?
3: Yeah, so our context is um, remote indigenous peoples, specifically in the jungle. So it looks very, very different. Uh, if you really wanna get um, to the core of of what's going on in these cultures, you've got to spend a lot of time. You've got to spend a lot of time, not only in, in formal situations, you really have to spend a lot of time in the informal situations. So, you know, church setting or, or a, a Bible study setting, that's great. But where it really, really starts to move forward is when you are in, in our case, hunting and fishing with them, going to the gardens, washing laundry, helping take care of the kids, whatever, mm. you're living life. And so evangelism, discipleship, church, planting in our context looks very much like life on life discipleship, which is extremely rustic in our case. You know, it's, so it's, these are words that I think almost everyone can use and apply to their ministry, but in our case, it means uh, maybe skinning monkeys to eat, which is not everybody's bread and butter. Okay. So. Mm. There is is
0: that Yeah, that's that's a really good word um and so with that because you all have been in different um, contexts can you just share one maybe roadblock or barrier that you've seen uh when planning a church in that specific context but also then also share a bridge that you've seen that has gotten you to uh to church yeah
3: so Um, we have our, we have our, our biblical mandate for church, what it it should kind of look like and feel like, and, and all of that, you know, go read acts, you'll see all of that, but, but every cultural manifestation of it's a little bit different. The gospel doesn't change, but how the church presents itself might. So real practical example for us, language is different and we have to focus on Heart language gospel proclamation. All right. So what that means is English isn't going to cut it in our context. Spanish isn't going to cut it there. These groups, a lot of them are functionally monolingual and language only they speak. Mm -hmm. Duolingo doesn't have access to it. And so it's a huge barrier getting the gospel into a language that really speaks to their heart. So that's that's probably our our greatest barrier is language. Um, The jungle we have like 200 plus unreached groups, and that's 200 plus languages. So I'm not going to learn them. Um, and uh, maybe one, if I'm really blessed, I could learn. So that's a huge barrier for us. Um, for bridges, did you ask about bridges yet? I think you did. I
2: did. Okay. I did. You can share a bridge. All right, yeah.
3: I'll share a bridge. Um, we, we do most of our work uh, really focusing on the learning preference of the people uh, where we're at. Okay, so everybody wants to teach how they've been taught. That's just natural inclination, but that's not going to cut it in most of places where you go because worldviews are different, language is different, context is different. So in our case, that means we can't preach and we can't use Bible studies. You can't use written materials um, because our people are oral. And so a bridge for sharing the gospel is to focus on oral methods, which just means Bible story is really what it means in inductive studies. So even with, with a limited grasp of Spanish, they still understand simple stories a lot better than they would another kind of teaching. And so that's something we found to be a great bridge uh, to sharing the gospel.
1: Wow. That's really great. That's cool. I think just seeing all that, the barriers and the bridges and language and different styles of learning, I think it gets me excited to know like, there's people who are focused in that as their church planning in indigenous context and in, um, urban context. Mm-hmm. So with that, I said earlier you guys have been on the field since you were MK's till now. So you guys have seen a lot of things and you guys have walked through hardships, but now I will talk a little about, about hope. Uh, what gives you hope? As you look at the, at the mission field, as you look at your team, as you look at AMP, what gives you hope?
3: So I, yesterday I just got back from attending the, um, the annual convention meeting for Columbian Baptists. Okay. So two years ago when we came to Columbia, a lot of it was to explore um, just opportunities that God seemed to have opened up with working with Colombian Baptists to train and send their own missionaries. And so since then, we've developed a program. We've started training mainly young men and women and, and sending them out to work on our teams and on others with these unreached indigenous people groups for the most part. So to date I think they've they've managed to in a in a in a high quality way and in a positive way work with about 10 different people groups that we otherwise might not have been able to to reach. And so at this meeting uh, we were able to see the people that we've trained. We were able to see also uh, maybe 20 or 30 other people that were focused on missions there uh calling me in Baptist. Uh, we were able to continue talking about our training and seeing how positively received missions was by all of the delegates there. Mm-hmm. And so one thing that gives me hope, okay, is uh, is that we operate in God's timing. So I, we walked into Columbia, and uh, the convention basically said, we want to do missions, help us do it. And so, okay. And then it just took off. And it took off because of all these previous years of work by other missionaries mm-hmm. and workers, but because God set this time to do it. Mm-hmm. So that gives us a lot of hope because uh, I, I alluded to before, you know, 200-plus people groups. As as an affinity, uh, North Americans, we are not going to reach those groups. Partnering with others, we might. Mm-hmm. And so that gives me a tremendous amount of hope seeing our Latin brothers and sisters really step up and take the gospel to these nations. It's been really good. It's awesome.
0: That's That is a beautiful hope that you just shared. Um, Well, you all, we have loved getting to have you on the podcast and just talking about church planting and why we do it uh, as an organization. And also uh, in just hearing how God is uh, doing great things uh, where you are and using you all. Um, We both love you so much. And uh, any final thoughts as, as we close this podcast?
2: I just want to speak to those of you who are in training right now. I know that right now you're excited. Uh, You don't really know what you're getting into. I want to say if we had known what we were getting into in the beginning, we would not have done it. And that's, that's fair. That's legit. And I just want to encourage you that it's going to be so much harder than you think it is. But God is so good. He is faithful. I just want to encourage you. Don't give up. And those hard times, those moments when you think you can't go on, when it's not what you thought it would be, when it's harder than you thought it would be, when it's more boring than you thought it would be, when it's just, it's, it's not as glamorous as you thought it would be, whatever it is, just, I want to encourage you to not give up the, I think back to the times that I wanted to give up and by God's grace and mercy that we're able to continue on and just the, the the things that I was able to see God do in my own life and just the work that God did. And I wouldn't trade that for anything. So I just want to encourage you. And in Joshua 1, 9, I know you know this verse, have I not commanded you be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord. Your God will be with you wherever you go. And that is true. Wherever you go. Thank you guys.
3: Thank you all very much.